Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio WLMW 90.7 FM Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVV Radio in Las Vegas, Real Talk 93.3 The Voice of Freedom in St. Louis, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. The fight continues across the board. We the Patriots USA having many different case developments happening within the past several days. Most uh, noteworthy is the case in New Mexico, the Second Amendment case. Uh, they had a court date on Tuesday, October 2nd. So we're going to update you on that. It, that fight is not over as we had hoped, but it is still looking promising for the Second Amendment in the state of New Mexico. We the Patriots USA is not backing down. Thank you to everyone who has been supporting us in this fight. This is important because the Second Amendment um, and, and how it's being um, encroached on in New Mexico matters to you no matter where you are in the world and in America. My case, we have an update on my case against the PGA Tour. The fight still continues there, and we are going to continue to fight for you all. Um, this is this. I entered this fight because uh, in the court system because I wanted to make a difference for other people um, to come after us. But you guys make a difference when you stand up in your own workplace, in your own schools, elsewhere. It is your rights are are up to you. You stand up for those rights. We're going to continue to fight for you. We also have an update in the medical kidnapping case of the Guidry family whose son with autism was taken from them. Um, they have been accused of child abuse and um, they have a hearing upcoming this week. So we're going to talk to Brian Festa, We the Patriots USA co-founder, who's going to update us on all of these things. And we can't also leave out the fact that um, there were some pretty crazy things said in court on Tuesday in New Mexico. We'll talk about all that and more. This episode is brought to you by Cardio Miracle, a vitamin D and nitric oxide solution that supports better cardiovascular and overall health for your gut, your brain, your muscles, your skin, your hair, your heart, your whole health. Learn about John Hewlett's discovery at CardioMiracle.com. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Hey, Brian, it's always great to have you in giving us an update on all the ways that you guys are fighting. It was a big day in court on Tuesday, October 3rd in New Mexico for We the Patriots USA fighting for the Second Amendment. Tell us, uh, give us the update. This is just we're recording this just minutes after uh, court wrap today. Yeah, it seems like I'm seeing you more and more frequently these days, and that's a good thing mm -hmm. uh, because it means a lot of things are happening. A lot of things are happening in the courts. A lot of things are happening here at We the Patriots USA. So uh, thanks uh, for having me on again as usual. Uh, yeah, we just wrapped up a uh, really, really significant hearing in this New Mexico 
gun uh, lawsuit because uh, this is a hearing on the preliminary injunction for the revised order. Now, just to take people back, uh, mm -hmm. for those who don't know, who haven't been following it, the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Lujan Grisham, issued an original order, which was banning the open carry of firearms in basically everywhere in the city of Albuquerque, New Mexico, because of the rising, uh, as they call it, gun violence, which we know is a misnomer. But uh, because of the rise in shootings, uh, she decided to place a ban. We and she, Sorry to interrupt you, but I think this is important. She did so mm -hmm. under the, quote, public health emergency, which I think just people really need to continue to let that sink in on how they're trying to use that um, again. But yeah, okay, so you guys then um, filed for a um, temporary restraining order, which was granted. And so that took you all to um, the court date on Tuesday, October 3rd. Yes, yes. And thank you for mentioning that public health emergency because I was going to forget that. Um, that was an important element. It was not really discussed in, in this hearing, this latest hearing. So that's why um, it's good that you reminded me of that. But yeah, that's so dangerous when you talk about mo that more later. Uh, but yeah, so uh, October 3rd, we're back in court on a revised order that she issued within days of the temporary restraining order being put in place by the judge. And that was supposed to be effective through uh, October 3rd. She then issued another order and say, well, we're just going to uh, ban the carrying of firearms in, uh, you know, playgrounds and in public parks, places where children, places provided for children to gather and play. Very vague. We don't know what that means because, and this is what was discussed at length in, in the hearing. Okay, so what is a place provided for children? What is a place where children gather? Um, the governor's attorney started using the example of, well, we know playgrounds. We know places with the jungle gym and swings. Okay, those are clearly designed for, for, for children to play. We know school playgrounds as well. But a public park or a rec center, she started using the example of a rec center, a pool, a public pool. Now, hold on a second. She's claiming that those are places provided for children to play. Well, yes, children do swim in a pool, but adults do too. Mm-hmm. People of all ages swim in a public pool. So that I would, if I were walking in and I were, you know, carrying my, I'm a lawful gun owner. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm carrying uh, whether open carry, constitutional carry, or whether we have, you know, whatever state you're in, if you have a permit, concealed carry permit. But so, so you're a lawfully, you know, a, abiding citizen and you are, you know, you're a law abiding citizen and you're carrying a firearm, you walk into a public pool area. You have to stop at the gate of the public pool and say, wait, there's kids here, but is mm -hmm. this considered a place provided for children to gather and play? And you have to do that analysis, that legal analysis in your head before you walk in. Same with the community rec center. Yes, there's children's activities, there's youth, teen activities, but then there's also senior citizens that gather there at the rec center. It's so vague. You could you could turn it into basically any place that does not require you to um, show your ID to be an adult to to enter it is what it could end up becoming. Exactly, and the courts and the the attorneys in court went down that that line of reasoning. And this is what's known in the law as unconstitutionally vague. If something mm -hmm. is vague to this extent, it's unconstitutional because it doesn't place the ordinary person on notice. And even a lawyer, I'm an attorney, okay? Mm -hmm. 
I've been uh, an attorney now for 13 years. I'm licensed in two states as well as several, as well as multiple federal courts. And I don't know that I'd be able to answer the question. Yeah. Walking into a rec center, I don't know if based on the language of her order, is this considered a place provided for children specifically? I would say no. The conservative argument, though, if I were advising a client not to get arrested, would probably be, yeah, just assume anywhere that children could be in, don't carry. That's unconstitutional, though, which is why we challenge it in court. I would have to give the advice to a client not to carry, not because I think that it's legal, the governor's order. I don't think it's legal. But because I would be concerned that my client would be fined, arrested, whatever, if he or she violated this order as it's written. And if that was the client's primary objective is, listen, I just don't want to get arrested. I would give the conservative advice and say, don't carry anywhere except places that specifically prohibit children from being uh, there. Now, that's obviously unconstitutional. It flies in the face of the Second Amendment, mm -hmm. flies in the face of the Supreme Court's decision in, Bru in the Bruin case. But that's the advice I'd have to give. So this is why this is so problematic. And so we presented arguments in court and the judge ultimately ruled that he was not going, he decided he was not going to issue a ruling on the preliminary injunction for the revised order. He needs more time to review the briefs. There's supplemental briefing that's coming in now from some of the other uh, groups that filed, you know, in this case as well. Mm -hmm. He's going to extend the temporary restraining order to October 11th now. So now we have uh, this ban on the stay on her firearms ban, her carry ban is going to remain in place through at least October 11th, at which time he will issue an, a decision on the preliminary injunction. Now, as, as to the original order, the preliminary injunction he ruled was moot because once she issued this new revised mm -hmm. order, that one went by the wayside anyway. So he's not ruling on that one. But the preliminary injunction is so important, Taryn, because... And We'll talk about why it's important in just a moment here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Well, I am so excited to introduce you all to the wellness company and specifically their medical emergency kit. Most people don't trust their healthcare right now. In fact, over 40% of Americans say that they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. Awake doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough and the wellness company, they started it to build a parallel system bringing desperately needed change to healthcare. Part of that change is helping you take control of your health, and that is where the wellness company's medical emergency kit comes in. Eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in times of need. The kit also includes a comprehensive guidebook, so you never have to guess how much to take or when to take it. If you're like me and you want to make sure your family is prepared, whether it's a natural disaster, you want to have it for the unexpected, go to twc.health slash WTPUSA and use code WTPUSA to save 10% at checkout. That's twc.health slash WTPUSA, code WTPUSA for 10% off. And we want to welcome back in Brian Festa to the show of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, co-founder of We the Patriots USA, giving us a very important update on their fight for the Second Amendment in New Mexico. And really, you know, this could have ripple effects um, across the United States. So we were talking about how the judge, um, you know, granted or excuse me, how the the importance of the preliminary injunction, the judge has extended um, the temporary restraining order to October 11th is the next time you guys are to come back or 
hopefully hear uh, what his decision is. And um, so we're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to fight and, and raise funds for your 2A legal fund for We the Patriots USA, because this is an ongoing fight um, and you're fighting for the Second Amendment in Connecticut as well, which we can talk about here in a minute. But tell us the importance between the preliminary injunction and, and the permanent um, injunction and, and, and the difference between all of that and how it works out. So I just want to note also at the outset that when the judge first came into court in this latest hearing, mm -hmm. he noted that he believed that we, the Patriots USA, was the only organization remaining that still had standing in this case because we did something that the other organizations didn't and filed a petition specifically challenging, uh, requesting a temporary restraining order on the new order. Um, you know, we caught that, our attorneys caught that that this was nuanced and that this was different uh, because it was a revised order that we needed to file that. And the judge seemed, at least in my view, listening to it, to agree with it because uh, he was, you know, suggesting that at the beginning of the hearing that maybe uh, no one else should be left in this hearing except we, the Patriots USA. And the governors uh, in in their reply brief actually only addressed us um, as, as, as only they had, she admitted in her reply brief, Governor Grisham, that is, that we would still have standing they she was saying she was she was arguing the same thing that the other uh, organizations would no longer the other plaintiffs would no longer have in but she conceded that we the patriots because they filed that that challenge still would now i will note there was one other group it was discovered later buried in the papers had filed some supplemental briefing on the revised order uh nagr i believe that was and so the judge apologized and found that later um, but we are the only ones that filed that direct challenge for a second temporary restraining order. And so I just want to kudos, give credit. Kudos to you guys because they're just playing games at this point. They're just trying to shuffle around and play games. And kudos to you all for for figuring that out. Yeah, thank you. I just want to give credit though to our legal team because I'm not going to take credit for it because I'm not the one who actually wrote this petition. I I was, uh, you know, we are a plaintiff in this case as well. Mm -hmm. So I was um, advocating for it and telling our attorney, I think we need to file this as quickly as possible. Um, so obviously I was involved in the decision to file it, but I didn't actually write it. Um, so I want to give credit to them, uh, for actually, you know, being astute enough to realize that we needed to do that to preserve our standing. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, that, um, I would encourage everyone to support our organization. We have some of the best and brightest attorneys who recognize things like that, even organizations uh, who are standing beside us, who have been around a lot longer, did not know to do that. So when the people out there and say, well, I haven't really heard about We the Patriots USA and Second Amendment cases, you know, these other ones have been doing it for decades. Well, look at, there was a, there's an old saying in sales. Back in my sales days, years and years ago, they used to say, you can't grow flowers on yesterday's sunshine. So forget, I'm not saying forget about what all the other organizations have done over the you know, 10, 20 years ago, but what have you done for me lately? And if you look at our record lately, um, we're just doing some great work. So back to your original question, the preliminary injunction is so critical because that would keep this stay on the governor's order in place all throughout the litigation. So if this litigation drags on for months or even possibly with multiple appeals for the next year or two, this ban on her ban would remain on play, in place. She would not be able to enforce this gun ban in New Mexico for the next several months, a year. Now, if he rules against us and does not award us the preliminary injunction, that means her ban goes into effect immediately and would remain in effect. Her carry ban in New Mexico would remain in effect for the duration of the litigation, however long that takes. So the people of New Mexico would not have Second Amendment rights 
for uh, especially people in Albuquerque would not have their Second Amendment rights for the foreseeable future, for maybe the next six months, year, year and a half, two years, they will not have the right to carry. So that's why this is so crucial. This is actually much more crucial than our original, although we're happy about that we won the temporary restraining order. This is much more crucial because this is deciding whether it stays in place through the duration of the litigation. And then finally, the permanent injunction after the lawsuit's all over, we're asking the judge to place a permanent injunction. So this kind of order can never be issued again, can never be enforced. That comes at the end of litigation. So I know it's confusing. You have the TRO, the preliminary injunction, the permanent injunction. But I hope I've explained that clearly enough mm -hmm. that there's the three stages. And they're basically in terms of duration. So TRO typically only lasts 14 days, though in this case, the judge extended it because the court can extend it for good cause. Preliminary is throughout the litigation. Permanent is at the end of the litigation. And it's, as it says, it's permanent. That would be, uh, that's what we are going to all be praying for. Absolutely. We're going to be praying in the meantime for the preliminary injunction um, to, to be awarded. And absolutely, we're going to be praying for the Second Amendment um, to be preserved and protected in New Mexico. Um, before we move on to more case updates, including my own, there was something that was said very egregious um, in, in court on Tuesday. What was that? So this is the real headline that came out of the hearing on Tuesday is the governor's attorney had the audacity to say that we have to watch out for that among law-abiding gun owners, although she admitted that the majority are law-abiding, but among, among legal, you know, lawful gun owners and permit holders, she said there is a substantial number, I can't remember her exact words, but basically there's a uh, fairly large proportion of them who are agitators and instigators who would come into public parks uh, brandishing firearms, even an AR-15 or something, and just stand there to try to intimidate people. This is how the governor of New Mexico sees lawful gun owners. She's claiming without any evidence that there's a substantial number of gun owners that would walk around public parks and playground with their firearms trying to scare people and intimidate people. Listen, if, you know, I wasn't there, I wasn't the one arguing this. The only thing I might have done different from Cam, Cameron, who was our lead attorney, is I would have called her out and said, I take exception to that. You have, the state has presented zero evidence. The governor has presented zero evidence that any of the recent violence in the city of Albuquerque, any of the recent shootings was were committed by lawful gun owners, law-abiding citizens. And in fact, if you want the truth, they're not going to tell you the truth. If you want to look back at the history in the last five, 10 years, I am quite sure that it's going to reveal the majority are people with uh, established criminal records, people entering the country illegally. Okay. It's not going to be lawful, uh, law-abiding uh, citizens, gun owners in the city of Albuquerque. But she's trying to create this myth that there's a strong number of us who like to go around and scare people at parks and playgrounds with by showing our guns. Yeah, it's uh, really egregious, the fact that um, they're basically using their mismanagement of um, public policy and the open borders to pursue and push their agenda of taking away the Second Amendment um, from the citizens there. It's just um, egregious. So thank you all for fighting back. We so appreciate it. On the other side of the break here, we're going to give you an update on my case and how we're continuing to fight um, for people's rights, for uh, medical freedom um, everywhere here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson.
But we also want to give you another case update because WTP USA is fighting back in federal court against the state of Connecticut's June 2023 law that banned the open carry of firearms, a practice that is until now not always been honored in the quote constitution state. The same bill that banned open carry also placed restrictions on the number of handguns that could be purchased at one time, placing even more encumbrances on the people's rights to defend themselves Please help us carry on this fight and all of our fights um, for the Second Amendment and to restore our open carry in Connecticut by making a donation at wethepatriotsusa.org today. We have a Second Amendment fund set up um, that you can give to or you can just give to our general fund at wethepatriotsusa.org. All right, welcome back into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Brian, thank you for giving those those important updates on your Second Amendment fights around the country and particularly in New Mexico. Um, it was uh, really interesting. I always do these interviews and and talk about other people's case updates, but it's been interesting to be um, someone involved in her own case. And I appreciate all the work that you guys and your attorneys have been doing to fight back against the PGA tour and their religious and vaccine discrimination against myself and others. You know, I wasn't the only one that was fired, but, you know, you guys have taken on my case and hopefully we're going to set precedents for other people that uh, went through this or could go through this because they continue to loom these um, threats of mandates and masks and COVID and such over our heads um, some more. But yeah, so we have some case updates for for my case update for people. Um, we went through the Florida Human Rights Commission um, as we're supposed to. I mean, it's just, Brian, it's so long that we have to go through all of these various um you know, hoops, for lack of a better term, that we have to jump through all these hoops for these cases. Well, yes. And in your case, you jumped through all the hoops, nope. but you didn't even get due process. Nope. All right. Did not the get due process. And I'm going to talk about that. I have some things to say, Taryn. I'm oh, fired. we do. Yeah. But so to, to let people know, they sided with the, the Florida Human Rights Commission, um, sided with the PGA Tour on all this. But that's not the end of the road. That was just the beginning of the process. We're just yes. getting started here. And it just was so frustrating to be a part of it firsthand and to see how um, many of us don't get due process when we go through these things. Um, yeah, I mean, what's mind boggling is that, you know, because it took so long to get your yeah. case to this point, you filed this case early on in 2022 mm -hmm. and it's just now at the end of 2020, well, almost the end mm -hmm. of 2023 and you're just getting a decision and not a favorable one. And you were denied due process in my opinion. And, and that needs to be stressed on appeal. I'm talking, you know, obviously to your attorneys, your attorneys, are talking to are going to be speaking to you about this uh to strategize i can't be you know involved in the decision but they do consult with me as far as legal strategy ultimately any decisions are yours because you're the client so we don't get in between the attorney and the client just to be clear but um they do lean on me for advice and counsel in this and as i want them to <laughs> well yes you've asked for that anyway but, <laughs> i've asked but for that yeah, I mean, I have a lot of experience in employment discrimination specifically. That's my mm -hmm. wheelhouse. So, um, you know, definitely I, I want to contribute. But um, I was just appalled at the lack of due process in your case where you tried to present evidence and were not allowed to. Uh, and then when the judge's order was being ruled on by the commission, it was done in 15 minutes. Your case and eight other cases, I believe, were decided all in the same 15 minute span. So there was no discussion, no deliberation. 
Uh, due process, in my opinion, was clearly denied in this case. And that for that reason alone, the decision needs to be reversed and sent down for a more extensive hearing. Um, I don't know why they do things like this in the state of Florida, but um, we are absolutely, this is, like you said, not the end of the road. We are absolutely going to continue to defend you, to stand up for you, however long it takes in both state court and in federal court. And I want to just say something very important, Taryn, that people sort of overlook. Even when we lose these cases, we've won something. And I want to explain what I mean. Because when we lose a case, and I'm not saying we are going to lose this case, I'm still confident we're going to win it. But even if we, even when we do, because we don't win every single case, even when we lose a case, we win because we force the defendant, the one, the bad guy who's, who's discriminated against someone for not taking a shot, for not wearing masks, for carrying guns, okay, mm -hmm. when they have a lawful right to do so. We force them into court and force them to defend themselves. And especially with regard to a private employer who doesn't just have a, you know, necessarily um, isn't, you know, it's, it's not just at the taxpayer's expense like it is when you sue the state. They have to incur an expense. Um, you know, there's a litigation expense. We force them into court. We force them to have to drag on through this litigation for years. So they didn't just get away with anything. A lot of people say when we come away with a loss, oh, look, they just got away with it. No, no, they didn't. Because they had to spend a year, two years, sometimes three years in court. And sometimes at a considerable expense, their insurance carrier doesn't necessarily cover all legal expenses. And they don't necessarily just use their in-house counsel. They often retain outside law firms. So they look at this, how much it's cost them and how long this dragged out in court and say, you know what? We better think twice before we do this to the next person. So even, exactly. even a, a victory is not a, is not a loss. There's an old saying in the law um, that at some point, and it's kind of tongue in cheek because lawyers aren't supposed to be looking at things this way, but it's just an old saying that at some point, you know, in litigation, the lawsuit goes on long enough. The only per people that win are the lawyers, right? Because they're making money. Neither party actually wins because they, they eat, they both lost so much money over it. So litigation, not that we obviously would ever try to, you know, unreasonably delay. As a matter of fact, we're usually the ones pushing to speed this up. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah, they were the ones that this took so long. They were the ones delaying. We put so much time and effort into it. And then the judge didn't allow us to submit certain evidence. Um, when he submitted his brief and his recommended order, it was it was copy and pasted word for word in many instances from the PGA tour. There was nothing um, from my side of it in there at all. It was very frustrating. And um, I think that hopefully that gives us a great grounds for appeal and um, also did not um, uh, the judge did not hardly at all take into consideration the Groff decision, um, which was huge. That was a huge win for anybody listening that has gone through this with the mandates and with the religious exemptions. Um, that that case very recently um, established that it's not just an undue burden that a uh, employer has to prove um, by granting a an exemption, but a and a significant cost now the employer has to prove for granting a religious exemption, which um, is definitely not the case in mine, considering my show was doing the best it had ever been doing. Um, but I think that's key that people know that moving forward for themselves, for their family members, um, what have you. And so I, um, you know, we're not, they just want us to drag this out and want us to get um, you know, fatigued by this, but we're going to continue to fight and stand up for this. And we're going to, we're going to continue to fight back. So thank you guys for your help with this. 
Yes. Um, and thank you, Taryn. Um, you need to be thanked as well, even though I know you don't want any credit, but I want to give you credit for standing up because it was your choice to file this lawsuit. It was your choice to continue fighting. Um, it's not our choice. Again, we're funding it. Uh, we retain the counsel for you, but the lawyers don't make the choices. We, the Patriots, doesn't make the choice when it comes to an individual plaintiff. The plaintiff makes the choice. So by you standing up, it will help a lot of other people because, again, the PGA Tour, even if they were to be victorious after a couple of years of litigation or more, will think twice about doing something like this because not only did it did it cost them and not only was it taking up a lot of resources to be tied up in court, but it's bad PR for them. Most people are against mask testing and vaccine mandates now. The majority of uh, people, even the ones who agree and think it was good that they got a shot, a lot of them even are against mandates at this point. Um, they don't think things should be mandated. So there's, I, I believe the majority of Americans are against this. It makes the PGA Tour look very, very bad that they did this. And the fact that this is carrying on and being their, their name is really being dragged through the mud in the press, uh, not by us. I'm not dragging their name to mud, no, but the press. I'm not either. But the press, mm -hmm. the press, though, all the bad press they're getting, the press is kind of dragging their names through, through their name through the mud. So um, and 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 obviously on social media, that's really the, the people that are mudslingers, but the people on social media who are engaging in this and seeing what they're doing. Um, it's really there's a lot of people, I'm sure, who have turned off the PGA Tour because of. Uh, what they've done to you and to others. I mean, you're not yeah. the only one. No, there are uh, others. Have, there are others yeah. that were fired and others that have current cases going on as well. So pray for all of us um, that are that are fighting back. And so I just so appreciate it. And um, you know, we'll continue to update all of you on my case and and what's going on there, Brian. Before I pitch to break, I want to play for people our um, our trailer for our upcoming documentary that I actually worked on with a former fellow PGA Tour employee who was also, um, you know, ousted during the mandates and he, him. And I was going to mention that, but I wasn't sure he <laughs> wanted that. But yeah, yeah. Names, so we'll yes. Say. Um, him and his wife has have helped us with this. Um, Jason and, and Avery Kabrick. And, and so I want to play this because it does tie together. And then after the break, um, we will come back and, and talk about our upcoming documentary that is going to debut on November 9th. Here it is, Shot Dead. You can check it out at shotdead.org. You would hope that family members who are responsible for the children will realize that and will be enthusiastic about getting their children vaccinated. We are vaccinated. recommending COVID-19 vaccination. COVID-19 vaccination is safe and effective for children. Among the they kept pushing that it was safe and effective and do it for grandma and grandpa. And it can help keep you and your family safe from severe illness or death. It was 112 days. From the day she got the shot to the day she died was 112 days. A little over three months. For your neighborhood, for your country. It sounds corny, but it's a patriotic thing to do. For those 11 hours she was alive, it was, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So I took him to take the first shot. Uh, five days later, my neighbor, he called me, Mr. Can I take the boys to eat and play basketball? She took him to the park. They got off the truck and took off running across the parking lot and he collapsed. Tonight is about a celebration for Trista, missing her, loving her. But at the same time, we want to fight what killed her. 
But these people need to be stopped. I don't understand how everybody is just sitting back and letting them do this. In the battle on the field, there is evil on the move. But I hope that you can feel that I will always fight for you. Save the date because the live premiere will be streamed on our We the Patriots USA Rumble channel November 9th. That's the one year anniversary of the death of she would be 19 years old, Trista Martin. Her family is featured in this film and we are having the premiere in Tulsa, Oklahoma, her hometown. And um, we cannot wait for you all to see this for free. Um, if you head to the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel on November 9th, you can also sign up to get the link via your email at shotdead.org. We will send that link to you whenever it is ready to um, view the live stream event on November 9th. Welcome back into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Brian, um, this uh, Shot Dead, the film that we just showed people the trailer for heading into our final break here in the show, you and, and Don which are the co-founders of We the Patriots USA, put this assignment on my desk. And um, I am really grateful that you've done so. It's been an honor to um, give these families a voice because they've been marginalized and they've been discarded by their government, by the media, by their even their friends and family um, for this. So I, I look forward to these families having their voices heard on, on November 9th. Yeah, Taryn, it's just... It's hard to, no matter how many times I've seen the trailer, even, it's hard to even watch the trailer um, without getting a little choked up. Uh, so I can't imagine how it's going to be watching the whole film. Um, uh, but people need to see it. Um, don't not don't not watch it because you don't want to get teary-eyed. Um, people need to see this. These stories need to be told. We need to honor these families who lost their loved ones and honor the memories of these uh, precious children that have been lost by watching this and sharing this um listen this isn't a money maker we've already lost a substantial amount of money um filming this which is why we do have uh a shot dead fundraiser if you want to donate to the film project we greatly appreciate it but at the end of the day if we break even we'll be extremely fortunate we're probably going to lose substantial monies um putting this out that's not what this film is about it's not about making money it's about spreading the word so this doesn't happen to any other children. Not even one life should have been lost because of this shot um, that was rolled out without any proper safety testing, without ever evidence, any evidence that it was safe or effective. Um, and, and now many, many children and adults mm -hmm. have died as a result. Um, and yes, we will go on record saying that. Okay. Oh, yeah. We have families. If anyone wants to argue that point, we'll bring the families in. And they will attest to what they witnessed shortly after their child or, or um, their children, I should say, received uh, this this horrible, horrible shot. So uh, please support the film. Please watch the film. Please tell everyone you know about it, because this is the only film that's been produced that shows it from this perspective, from each of the families. We go into their homes. We meet with them. Um, you met with them. Okay, in most cases, we we filmed the vigil for Trista. That's in the documentary. Okay, so this was intensely personal in a way that no other film yet that has been made about the COVID shots and COVID mandates has presented this. 
and we're focusing on the children, on the babies, um, the miscarriages, the stillbirths, the, um, the babies that have lost their lives just hours after being born. So we're focusing on, on all of this um, from the human side of it. And, um, you know, we have doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, who have looked over the charts, who have looked over the autopsies from these um, children and have confirmed that they are vaccine induced um, deaths. And, and so it's just really sad. And we hope that it also opens up people's uh, minds to be thinking about other, uh, other things going on in society, other shots that are out there for, for people, because they're continuing to do this. They are pushing the RSV vaccine on pregnant women. They tested it on pregnant women prior to COVID. Pregnant women were off limits in clinical trials. And now uh, the, you know, now the gig's up. Now they're using the pregnant women in their clinical trials. These are Emmett, um, mRNA shots, these RSV shots um, as well that they're pushing on pregnant women. And so again, they're continuing to do this. That's why we have to continue to talk about this and give these families a voice. We also want to give um, a voice to the Guidry family. That's our final update, legal update here on our show today, because you guys are fighting for them. The medical kidnapping um, scenario is, is really, um, it seems like it's continuing to grow, that this is an issue that the state and CPS are, are taking kids away from their parents for uh, egregious things, overstepping their bounds in many different ways. And so I'm so happy that you guys took on this case and you have an update on the Gidrys. Yes. Um, so uh, we have been able to procure a note uh, from a physician uh, showing that uh, the Gidrys were not doing anything harmful. They were not administering a harmful dose of chlorine dioxide to their children. Um, we are currently in the process of deciding the next steps forward, meeting with the state's attorneys. Um, possibly uh, there will be a stipulated agreement, which is a, uh, a settlement um, so that this does not happen again. We're not talking about a monetary settlement here, folks. We're talking about um, so that they will not uh, have to worry anymore about their children being taken away just for doing something that is uh, every parent's right to treat their children as they see fit, If especially with something uh, that has a long history of showing um, some really, really uh, amazing benefits in children with autism and other uh, medical issues. Uh, go ahead, Taryn. And people can learn more about the Gidry story in this medical kidnapping case of their son who has autism in episode 100 of Faithful Freedom. And in that episode, I link in the show notes various articles from uh, MIT researcher Stephanie Seneff, who's a who's a friend of the show, who has done some phenomenal work digging into chlorine dioxide. Again, this comes down to, okay, this isn't big pharma saying um, that this is okay. So, uh, so, you know, the state is, is stepping in and um, it's just a slippery, slippery slope um, when we're talking about how they label certain things as alternative treatments and then can take away your kids for it. Right, right. It's very, very scary. And that's yeah. why we need, we need to put a stop to this so that it never happen, happens again. I just want to make something clear. There is currently no settlement agreement Mm -hmm. um, there's supposed to be another hearing October 6th. We're not sure whether that's going to proceed uh, because we do have a doctor's letter. Um, and so that's something that uh, will have to be decided at, a, at, a, uh, at another time. And I don't have an update as to exactly what's going to happen, whether, whether we are going to have another hearing date, whether there'll be a settlement. 
I don't know um, exactly what's going to happen. So I just want to make that clear. But um, we are working hard to try to get a good result, whether it comes by way of an agreement with the state, whether it comes by way of a court hearing and a decision. The point is uh, we need to be able to show the state that we are not going to back down. We are going to fight for this family and we don't want this to happen to them or any other family in the state of Missouri or anywhere. But obviously this case covers the state of Missouri. We don't want any family to have to worry about this, to have to worry about that. Oh, you know, if I try to, if I buy a supplement even over the counter, yeah. because remember, these are over the counter kind of things. These are yes. not prescription rep. This is not a prescription remedy. Okay. If I buy a supplement over the counter and I give this supplement to my child that someone's going to come knocking my door and saying, you're not allowed to do that. I'm taking your child away from you. That is just absolutely um, abhorrent. And it shocks the conscience, really. We talk about in the law, certain things that shock the conscience. I think this would be one of them. So we have to stand up for the Gidrees and for every single parent. If there's a parent out here listening that's had something similar happen, if they're even being threatened with CPS getting involved, taking children away, please contact us. Uh, we can't do anything based on threats, but at least stay in contact with us. So if something, you know, God forbid, were to happen, that we would be able to step in and help you, you know, as resources allow. We do have a medical kidnapping fundraiser for the Gidrees, but we also have general donations. Uh, we need to build up our litigation budget because um, I'll just be, I'll just end with this because I know we're coming up against the end of the of our time together here today, Taryn. But um, you know, we've spent a lot of money in the last uh, couple of months on litigation, on lawsuits. Uh, whether it's New important Mexico. Important ones, important ones. And you got their children back. The Guidry's children are back in their custody until, you know, all of these rulings happen. Um, you guys stepped in, you've stepped in for the Second Amendment. I mean, you guys have been taking on some big, important personal cases, including this documentary too, Shot Dead. I mean, all of the various work that you all are doing is so important, but you are 100% funded by donations as a nonprofit. Um, and if people want to continue to have their rights, um, you know, being fought for and having this show in various ways that we're continuing to, because it's important that we have this dialogue, that we can talk about these things and that we can educate each other. Um, all of this is wrapped up in everything you guys are doing is very important. Yes. Thank you for that. And um, it obviously takes a lot of money. You know, Taryn knows because she's behind the scenes with me um, and Probably I'm a little more of a worry wart than Don is. Uh, Don's a little more laid back and saying, you know, God's got this. And I have to keep reminding myself and Don will send me Bible verses to calm me down. And that's fine. Um, and I love I love her for that. And, and I need to remind myself of that. But uh, it is a little scary because yeah. we don't have guaranteed income. We don't have someone like Bill Gates or George Soros or someone writing us big checks saying, listen, you know, you guys are good for the next, you know, five, 10 years. Here's a check for $20 million. That doesn't happen with us. That happens with other organizations on the other side of these, these fights, but that doesn't happen with us. So uh, if anyone's listening and they can support us, please go to wethepatriotsusa.org and prayerfully consider a donation. I know you always say that every single show. So I appreciate uh, your efforts in trying to help us, uh, Taryn. I appreciate it so very much. And please don't ever miss 
interpret my my anxiety as a signal. That <laughs> I I'm know not you guys. This is do, absolutely, and you're so passionate, and you guys are. You put in countless hours and countless work um, to help others. You're getting calls every day of people needing help, and so just thank you so much for your work. And please, everyone, head to wethepatriotsusa.org. Brian, we're going to continue to have updates throughout next week too on this case from New Mexico as well, and the Gidrys too. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. We the Patriots USA does not endorse or recommend any product or service advertised on this program. We the Patriots USA is not a healthcare provider and cannot provide medical advice or treatment.